Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Friday, April 22nd. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I don't know how many of us realize that we are fighting two wars. We're fighting a domestic war against what has been characterized as domestic terrorism, mostly aimed at the moment at the January 6th defendants who are being detained in Washington, D.C. in violation of their constitutional rights. And we're also fighting a foreign war in the Ukraine. And I say that because of increasing involvement on our part, despite the fact that the president had said we would not get involved. Yet just yesterday or the day before, he committed another 500 million, I think it is, in arms to Ukraine and says that another 500 million, I think, will be allocated again in a few weeks. In a sense, both of these are what I would call wars of convenience, meaning they're really being used as distractions to keep us from focusing on the things that really matter and that are affecting our everyday lives and will affect our everyday lives significantly going forward. Both of these, quote, wars have resulted in a loss of constitutionally protected rights and personal freedoms. And that's really what this is all about. Remember after 9-11, the Patriot Act? Well, it was implemented in an emergency and it was supposed to be brief and it infringed upon what were otherwise constitutionally protected rights and it's never gone away. We still have the Patriot Act. And that's how these things happen. That's how the things that happened during COVID wind up being permanent in nature, even though we were assured that they would be temporary measures to address immediate problems. One of the things that I think that we're being distracted from surfaced this week, just a few days ago, and it was from former President Barack Obama. He was speaking at Stanford University, and he said the following, I think it is reasonable for us as a society to have a debate and then put in place a combination of regulatory measures and industry norms that leave intact the opportunities for these platforms to make money, meaning social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, etc. But he went on to say, but say to them that there are certain practices you engage in that we don't think are good for society. Okay, so far so good, right? Sounds so far so good. They should be allowed to make money, but they shouldn't engage in practices that aren't good for society. Then he went on Twitter on Tuesday to suggest that censorship is needed to prevent real challenges to the Washington, D.C. establishment. And here's another quote. In recent years, we've seen how quickly disinformation spreads, especially on social media, end quote. And then he said, this has created real challenges for our democracy, end quote. And again, speaking at Stanford, he said, 
While content moderation can limit the distribution of clearly dangerous content, it doesn't go far enough, end quote. Further, he said, quote, there's no way to distinguish online between a peer-reviewed article by Dr. Anthony Fauci and a miracle cure pitched by a huckster, end quote. I want to go back over that last statement. And I want to suggest how it be read and interpreted by the listener. Quote, there's no way to distinguish online between a peer-reviewed article by Dr. Anthony Fauci. So instead, let's substitute the word government for Dr. Anthony Fauci. A peer-reviewed article by the government and a miracle cure pitched by a huckster. Let's substitute either Donald Trump or Dr. Malone for the huckster. Now we have a sentence that reads, there's no way to distinguish online between government and former President Trump or Dr. Malone. And of course, when talking about Dr. Malone, the miracle cure being pitched that Obama is referring to are things like hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or monoclonal antibodies all of which were subsequently shown to actually have been effective, perhaps even more so than the vaccine against COVID and its variants. Obama went on to lay out criteria that he said we should be using to determine whether or not speech should be allowed to be part of the content on social media. And here are two of those criteria. One, whether it strengthens or weakens the prospects for a healthy, inclusive democracy. Well, this is me speaking. Number one, isn't speech more likely to increase the prospects for a healthy, inclusive democracy if it's free speech? So when he says that speech ought to be looked at as to whether it strengthens or weakens the prospects for healthy, inclusive democracy, he's really saying that someone needs to be the arbiter of whether or not that speech ever gets to be published or spoken. And that's not what the First Amendment says. Secondly, he said, the other criteria ought to be, whether it helps us make collective decisions based on the best available information. The phrase that caught me there was collective decisions. We aren't supposed to make collective decisions. We are individuals with individual rights, and we don't want or need collective decision-making. We are individuals capable of making our own decisions when we're fully informed. And what it seems like is that Barack Obama has a new job now. He's the censorship czar. And he is putting himself out there as a proponent of more censorship on social media so as to ferret out the dis and misinformation. The problem is that what gets edited out, what never even gets to see the print, are those things that those in power decide don't support the agenda that they're selling in the moment. Hence the cancel culture, right? Everybody who says anything against the extreme left winds up getting canceled. So Obama's now going to decide the importance and 
be the arbiter of what we should be doing on social media regarding censorship, which is astonishing to me. It's astonishing to me that a former president of the United States actually has what in Judaism we call chutzpah. It means sort of like having guts or having the nerve to align himself with censorship. He does it shamelessly because he knows we are in an era when everybody is getting away with everything that suppresses individuality, that suppresses people thinking for themselves, that suppresses First Amendment rights, that suppresses all our constitutional rights. I mean, those defendants that I mentioned earlier, those January 6th defendants, it isn't their First Amendment rights that are being taken away. It's their Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment. It's all of, they're there without due process. They're there being held as political prisoners in what is supposed to be a constitutional republic. It's astonishing. It's astonishing to me that there isn't an outcry about those people being held from January 6th because none of them are charged with treason. None of them are charged with major crimes. They almost had to make up stuff in order to keep them. They've been denied bail and all kinds of constitutional rights, including seeing their counsel and or their family regularly. So censorship. Barack Obama is going to tell us about censorship. What is censorship? Censorship is the suppression of words, images, or ideas that are offensive when people succeed in imposing their personal, political, or moral values on others. Censorship can actually be carried out by the government as well as by private pressure groups, but by the government It's unconstitutional because the First Amendment protects the right to express beliefs and ideas without unwarranted government restriction. The First Amendment protects us, protects the American people from government censorship. But admittedly, it's not absolute. That protection is not absolute. There are Supreme Court cases involving the question of what is protected speech and what is not. And there is a broad range of cases that address those very issues. What is speech protected and what is speech that is unprotected? Basically, the government may impose content regulations on certain categories of expression that are not protected by the First Amendment. So inciting, let's say, or provoking speech often called, quote, fighting words or offensive expressions that could be pornographic or are subject to what's called strict scrutiny, which is a very limited and narrow and constricting analysis of whether or not the damage done by the words spoken or printed outweighs the possible benefit of it continuing to be, in essence, free speech. Censorship has a history in Europe, particularly in Nazi Germany. Censorship was extreme in Nazi Germany, and it was enforced by the Nazi party, especially Joseph Goebbels. He was, during the Nazi era, the Reich's Minister of Public Enlightenment and Propaganda. That ministry controlled all forms of mass communication. That included newspapers, music, literature, radio, film. There were authors censored their works unable to be sold or read in Nazi Germany. 
There were authors like Ernest Hemingway or John Dos Pesos or H.G. Wells. There were artists like Picasso or Claude Monet or Vincent van Gogh that were not permitted to be viewed, that were not permitted to be sold in Nazi Germany. There were composers, similarly, Gustav Mahler, um, Felix Mendelssohn, Arnold Schoenberg. There were even scientists and sociologists that were censored, including Albert Einstein, Niels Bohr, and Sigmund Freud. If you think that it can't happen here, I'd like you to put two things together. One is how Barack Obama is now putting himself out there into the public sphere as the spokesperson for censoring social media. And it's no accident in my mind that his going public with this is almost simultaneous to Elon Musk's efforts to buy Twitter, take it private, and make it a free speech platform. I think that Obama's stepping out there at this moment under the guise of doing a good thing for this, for culture is actually the left's effort to suppress a burgeoning desire, a burgeoning passion in the general public to get back to being able to say what you want, when you want, and as long as you're not screaming fire in a crowded theater, do so without repercussion. The two things I want you to put together are what I said about Obama and the following. In 2019, just three years ago, Bill Maher had on his show Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager, who is extremely conservative, he is an Orthodox Jew, he is an incredible intellectual, and he has, he started Prager University, which is an online, they are basically five minute videos that tackle very tough questions and make them very easily understandable. Dennis Prager was talking about lies that are perpetrated by mainstream media and by the left. And he gave three examples. The first was America is anti-Semitic. And Prager said, that's a lie. And then he said, America is racist, and that's a lie. And then he said, men can menstruate, and that's a lie. And when he said men can menstruate, and that's a lie, both Bill Maher and the audience cracked up laughing at the absurdity of that statement. And Maher even, Bill Maher even questioned Dennis Prager jokingly. He said, I, I must have missed that story. What are, you, what are you talking about? Men men can menstruate. I mean, that's just so ridiculous. I mean, he said the other two have merit, but that's just crazy. And Dennis Prager said, really, you can read about it, Google it. And they continued to laugh at him. Well, it's three years, 36 months later, we have birthing persons you can no longer be a woman giving birth. You're a birthing person. And obviously either sex can do that. Men can have children. Now that's how we speak. In fact, various universities across the United States have been dispensing at no cost tampons and sanitary pads in gender neutral and men's bathrooms. Now, it's accepted to say that men can menstruate. And if you dispute that, you're transphobic. So put together, 
Barack Obama coming out and talking about the need for further censorship, not just content moderation on social media, but actual censorship so that certain ideas are not allowed to be spread. True or not true, that gets determined by those who censor, by what we call fact checkers, which of course are never neutral fact checkers. They are agenda-driven fact checkers. And if we institutionalize censorship, if we make it acceptable, like so many of the other things that are illogical, unreasonable, blatantly false on their face, if we make censorship part of what we now grin and bear, you're going to wind up with what happened in Nazi Germany. And if you think it can't happen here, then tie it to Dennis Prager and what he said three years ago and how the audience laughed. Because that same audience, that left audience, are now those people out there pushing transgenderism, hormone blockers, surgery for children, sex education from K through three. They're the same people. And it's only three years later. So don't think that three years from now, Barack Obama pushing censorship with another Democratic president after this one, or maybe even still by the end of this one's term, couldn't be an everyday function of communication or its lack thereof in the United States. How has this happened? Well, it's happened for a multitude of reasons. But the one I default to is the one I raise the alarm about over a decade ago, maybe 15 years ago. What I said then, what I've said ever since, and what I say now is the development of technology outpaced our spiritual, our emotional, and our social development. And this is what happens. This is the result when artificial constructs like technology and the speed of it sets the pace for human existence and human action. It isn't possible to keep up. And when it isn't possible to keep up, when we humans can't dance to the rate and the speed and the pitch of technology, if you'll excuse all those mixed metaphors, when we can't do that, we become exhausted and overwhelmed and feeling defeated because the technology doesn't get tired. It doesn't run out of steam. It just keeps moving along faster and faster. And we become more and more tired and we also become more and more obsolete. The answer, like everything else, whether it's opting out of the electric grid, whether it's opting out of the us versus them political mentality, we have to opt out of the technology. And boy, that's the hardest thing to do because it has made us dependent and reliant and lazy. And it has made us forget our humanity. It's an easy thing to do. I don't blame us for being human, for always probably looking for the path of least resistance. It may be our nature. But as I learned in Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, a long time ago, there is no credit for what is your nature. The credit is for overcoming your nature. Because if it's your nature, it comes easily to you. And that isn't what counts in life. What counts in life are the things we have to aspire to, work for, 
and pay a price for. And so the moment has come for we humans, for us humans, I guess that's the correct grammar. I'm a little bit crazy about grammar. The time has come for us humans to realize that we have succumbed to our nature. We have succumbed to the lowest form of our nature. And now it's time to rise up. Some people say it's time to stand. I say it's time to rise. It's time to rise, to get up, number one, off our rear ends and begin to do the heavy lifting. But also it's time to rise up in our own consciousness and become the best of us, our higher selves, instead of defaulting to that reptilian brain that still travels with us, that makes us lazy, that makes us greedy, that makes us selfish, that makes us lacking in compassion, that makes us good slaves. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Monday. And until I am, please remember two things. One, you can do this. And number two, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.